Welcome, Foot Clan, Chicago's baseball podcast, episode 18. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, the executive producer, the best in the business, the commissioner, the soon-to-be birthday boy on Thursday, the kids for the win, the great Matt Wentz. What's up, buddy? Not much. Doing well. It would have been, what, uh, about week three you know, in a couple of days and everyone kind of getting an idea of what their team roster construction looks like. So uh, that's sad, but you know, it is what it is. So, but otherwise that doing well, we got a cool, uh, what a uh, decade fantasy draft ahead of us for at least a <laughs> weeks, maybe. There's crazy people. Um, I told Jill about what we're doing and she goes, really? And then she goes, pause, and she goes, what's wrong with you guys? And I said, nothing. We're perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with us. We're trying to do something productive with this time that we have. And, you know, so. <laughs> and what better way <laughs> to do people that already have uh, season and stuff. So, no, I'm doing well. Doing well. Yeah, we know this season's going to happen for sure. So it's a, it's a done deal. So, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, I know leading up to Friday, I'm sure it's going to be very entertaining. And I'm sure Gus will do his best to keep us informed and <laughs> entertained along the way. So uh, speaking of entertaining, our guest tonight is the one, the only, the man that has appeared in the money more than anyone in the business, PJ Hoffman. How are you, sir? I feel like I should be rolling in like with bags of cash. Just be like, I'm ready to do this. The money, man. Like Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck. Or, or more yes. like, uh, if you want to go like old school, like 90s wrestling, I'm like Virgil, like just carrying the cash around. <laughs> wow. Wow. Carrying the million dollar man's money around. That's right. Wow. Get <laughs> to the dollars, dollar sign belt. I'm ready. That's fine. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, look forward to this. Uh, today's episode will be PJ's draft strategy, his best uh, draft picks, some bad picks, his thoughts on the draft, and then hopefully, if he wants to, his uh, possible rankings in the league. But before we get to that, Matt, do we have any Google Doc updates? No, I mean, the the trade that uh, Gus and uh, Max did, I did not enter it in. I am just sick to even enter that in because I have no idea what the F Gus is doing. So um, once they get around to it, I'll enter that in. But otherwise than that, no, I don't. Excellent. Yes, that was insane. I was not expecting that. And wow, 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 wow. So I'm sure Gus is really hoping now that the season gets canceled. He needs two redos. <laughs> he's, sure playing, he wants- he's playing for next year's next year. Yes. Yeah. Next year is next year. I, I honestly, I think that his buddy is just telling him to do these things, and then once he does it, his buddy's like sitting back, like laughing behind him. That's what I think. <laughs> like, <laughs> ignore the man behind the the laptop, pulling yeah. his wizard of Oz. So, but yeah, uh, Max does it again. But uh, speaking of draft, uh, PJ, would you like to enlighten us on your draft strategy, please? Sure. Tell us what your strategy is and not just not tell us it's not a strategy no. <laughs> and for the sake of everyone. Well, first of all, I had a buddy of mine run the numbers right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so look, I, I, I think coming into the draft, 
Um, I think I, more than almost anybody else, had to fill out an entire roster and didn't have a ton of money to do it. So kind of coming in, I was a little bit hamstrung. Uh, and I knew that, you know, if I'm going to have a chance to win this year, uh, or, you know, years ahead, right, I need to, um, I need to take some chances. Right. My, my, my goal will ultimately be, this is just high level and then we'll kind of get into the weeds, but like high level, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I took a few, a few chances. Um, and, uh, I wanted to get all my one and two and $3 guys as like, you know, super high, um, upside. And, you know, like if I have to drop, I have to drop and they're low risk guys. And I think the other thing I was trying to do was, um, I wanted to build trade value uh, I, I know you hate the word value, but like trade value, not just value, but trade value from injured guys. Um, because I went into the draft thinking, well, this, this season is not likely to be happening anytime soon. So I'm going to take advantage of all that time off that we're going to have. And I want to get injured guys so that when they do come back, essentially a lot of my um, injured time essentially has been used. Well, there's been no baseball, right? If that makes any sense. So, no, yeah, um, yeah. So, I thought you know, guys like um, Justin Verlander was a target of mine, right? Because I knew he was hurt, but you know, he could easily be the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, at least he has that upside to be that. I'm not saying he's guaranteed to be that, but he could be that. Um, when people get back, and if I could get him for a discount, I would take it. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to do was get a few longer term guys that were injured. Um, particularly because I want to take advantage of the IL system or IR system that we have. Um, and that is, you know, guys like Luis Severino and, and Chris Sale. Um, I think I spent a total of $8 between the two of them. Um, and then I'm going to have assets that I can trade at the end of the season. If I'm still in it, I can trade them for useful guys at the end of the year. If I'm not in it, then I can just keep them for next year and I have them signed pretty cheap going forward. So that was kind of my strategy. Um, again, I'm as clear as day that it was always going to be uphill against teams like Dom and, and, and Maddie and then a few other guys who really didn't have as many people that you needed to draft um, this year. Um, and so that was my strategy. Did you yeah. feel that? Yeah, I was, it was, it, <laughs> that was the best um, um, uh, explanation of a actual strategy that we've had on this podcast so far uh, to date. Uh, so kudos to you. You that was a strategy, Niz. Thank uh, you. If you want to listen to this podcast, you can listen to what you just said and take that till next year, and you can understand what a strategy is. <laughs> this is why he places in the money, folks. This is why. But I was going to ask you, BJ, did, did did you feel that you did get the guys that you wanted to get that were quote unquote injured or hurt? Um, at a discount, did you feel like your Verlander, your uh, Paxton, your Sale, and your Severino? I mean, Severino was a buck, so I mean, you can't go much lower than that. But right. did you feel like you got? Did you get that that discount that you were looking for? I mean, Severino, I did. Right, he was actually someone I was going for as soon as he got dropped. Um, and I actually, I had him. I was going to spend as much as five on him because I thought I could guarantee okay. to get some money back. The guy, in fact, I got him for a dollar was really nice. Uh, I would have liked to get sale for like five, six ish. Seven was a little high. In fact, when I bid seven, I was I said to myself like I'm not going to go another dollar. If somebody goes to eight, there's no way I'm going okay. to nine. Um, and then Paxton, you know, I I'm an idiot and I dropped him early and I thought he was done for the season when I dropped him and um, 
part of it was actually. Hey, I, I, I like hey, him. You asked about Paxton, and I would have done the same thing. I don't think you're needed at all. Like, I think it worked a, out better for you. I actually. do too. It did work out better for you because then you got to sign him for a three-year deal. You know, I'm a little hesitant. The guy's always injured, and we we can we can you know we can go back and forth on that. But I I don't think that that was that crazy of something to do at that time. You didn't know, and I mean, shit. I mean, look at I traded Dom uh, Stanton for you know a guy that has upside, but it's probably not going to do anything for another year or two. And I wouldn't have done that knowing if Santon was going to come back in the season or showing. So I think that was fine. Yeah. I mean, look, I, 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 those guys are great. And if Paxton like gives me significant value, that's awesome. If he turns out to be like a number three or a number four starter, like 10 bucks is not terrible either. Right. So and then Verlander. Like, yeah, Verlander. So, you know, Verlander is interesting, right? So I, 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 I wanted to get, Strasburg originally because he I got my hometown discount on him and the fact yeah. that he went for 36 and I got Verlander for well I guess or, sorry Strasburg went well, for 40 but I got him for, yeah 40 for, for 36 36 that. yeah yeah and then Verlander I got for 34 I'm like I had I thought to myself there's no way that I'm gonna get two ace level caliber guys right top 10 top 12 pitchers for a total of about 70 or 80 bucks Right. I'm like, man, how is that possible? So for 70 bucks, I've got two ace level guys. That's, that's a pretty darn good building block in my mind. The challenge is I don't have that much money going into it. So when I spent $70 on two players and I'd already had 41 wrapped up in Jose Altuve, I'm basically like, okay, well, I guess most of my guys are going to be one and $2 guys. And then I'm going to be able to take a few chances. Um, and the few chances I took, I think I was pretty happy with. Um, uh, but I, look, I, if I had to look back, and we'll, we'll go about this, this segment later on, but there was a few. Uh, I went a little bit higher because I just I didn't realize that there were other folks off the board. Um, and I kind of got to a point where I'm like, oh, man, there's a huge drop off after a tier. And I got to overspend on a few players that I don't want to spend as much on. Uh, but I will say, like, there was a few great values too, right? So I didn't think I would get Carlos Santana for 12 bucks. Uh, I think he was solid uh, in this format for sure. Um, you know, I loved Mitch Garver for six. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't think I was going to get him for six. Uh, I had him last year and I loved it. And then, you know, there's a few like of these $1 guys I was like super happy with, right? With big upside. He had haps of the world. I know what kind of, I know what could have saved you a couple bucks is if you didn't bid me up and I wasn't bidding, you know, $18 and Max Freed, you know, oh, yeah. to just let me have him at you would have been golden. I'll tell you what. When as soon as I bought Max Freed for eighteen and Kenta Maeda for fourteen, I look back and I'm like, God, those two guys hamstrung me. I, I there was so much more I wanted to do that um, we're in that kind of like five to ten dollar range, guys. I just couldn't go after them. I just couldn't. Um, I was stuck. So was that part hey, of your so strategy I, to bid Maddie up? Because he feels like that was <laughs> part of your strategy I was to Matt, bid him up. Maddie and I were on we were on a lot of the same players. Um, and you got some of the guys that I was on that I just didn't have the money to go after with. And, you, and I ended up getting some of the guys that you were on probably a little bit more than either of us wanted to spend. Um, but I think, yeah. you, know, you and I had a lot of those. Like, I like Max Fried. I don't know if I love him at 18. He's fine at 18. I, oh, I, no. I liked him a lot more at like 12, you know, um, which is kind of where I had him at. But then I looked – when he went in the draft, though, I have to look back, like, who else was left. Like, when you were in the draft, like, there was, like, not a lot of high upside guys. There was, like, some guys that were fine. There was, like, some inning eater guys. But there weren't a lot of, like, high upside guys when he went. 
and there was just you know a drop off there so he ended up being one of those guys that went for like five or six more than he should have for just that reason that happened yeah. a few times a draft he he was he was definitely the guy um that i looked at when we were kind of doing that back and forth that the guys after him i liked and i i did I got most of them because I was like, all right, I, I didn't spend $12 on Max Free, which I thought I was going to spend. Actually, I, I had him for, I think I had him for nine to 10, maybe in that range or 11. But um, um, he was like kind of, I view him as a, one of those next up and coming type of guys that maybe this year or next year could, could have broke out or could have done a lot better for him type self. But yeah, he was one of the guys in the last tier, if you will, or whatever it is. Um, but uh, you, you said something real quickly I wanted to go back and, um, and I was thinking about this today. It's actually a reason why I uh, uh, asked if you want to do a podcast is uh, you have been placed in the dead last in the league by multiple people in the league as rankings go. Um, and then I, I've looked at that um, because we talked about it, I think, on the last couple of podcasts. Um, that I, I would switch that. I, I'd actually not have you dead last. I'd, I'd probably put you up more toward the, the middle of it, maybe, you know, and I'd put someone like Ken or maybe Sean or something like that dead last. And then I said, well, why would I do that? And then I said, because he actually has players on his team that he could use as trade bait and flip for something better or something that would just utilize it in a better way problem is you don't trade as much PJ and you're a very hard person to trade with just because of the, you know, quote unquote value or just what you want for your guys. So uh, my question is, since you already did say that, that you drafted that kind of way. And I think is very smart because I've drafted that way for many of years. Are you going to um, loosen the reins a little bit on, on trading and, and more look to see, you know, what would help you or, you know, I guess this is all, you know, yeah, it's all, it's all relative because we don't know what the season looks like. So it could be anything, but you know, for you to do what that to do have a trading type of mindset, you've got to be willing to lose a trade every once in a while. You really do. You just, you have yeah. to, because you don't know what's going to happen. But so, you know, what, what's your mindset on trading then this year or yeah. on like that? I, I mean, the answer is, I haven't been easy to trade with the last few years, Matt, because I've been in it, right? And so, with, so with, it's yeah, like, you know, yeah, it's hard, like, to, when you're, when I'm in it, and I, and also I'm not a guy who has a ton of prospects, like, I don't have a lot of guys to trade that can make my team better because all the guys I've got, I need for that year, basically, right? For the most part. Which is, right? yeah. And so, like. And you have been like that for Yeah, and so, like, I get this bad rap for being a tough trader, but the truth is, like, the way I've constructed my teams last few years that I don't have a lot of stuff I could trade that would, I could go get a player that would be better for my team without having to give up somebody just as good. And so I'm not like my team doesn't have a positive net positive, right. In the past, just, just the way my roster has constructed the last few years um, this year, I, I certainly would be interested in trading. I mean, like I, you look at where I sign my contracts on my guys, I'm going to have some, uh, some trade value that will, that will come through the year. So if I'm still in it, I can trade some of these like cheap guys, like a, like a sale or like a, a Severino or maybe even like a, a Paxton or, you know, or somebody like that. Right. Um, I, I can make those like long-term trades. Um, if, if there's any value in those guys and I like, I have a chance to make a run, 
but if I'm out of it, I've also got a ton of like one year guys that are going to be worth something to trade for either money or, or kind of longer term contracts, right? Like a Jose Altuve, like we, we all talk about like how he's not probably worth $41, but I was in a rock and a hard place, right? Because if I drop him, it's not worth paying 20 bucks, right? And so what, what am I, 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 I'm just kind of stuck with a contract like that. Well, now that the contract's paid, he's still a very good player. And if I was out of it, I could certainly flip Jose Altuve for something substantive. In fact, they've already gotten some pretty good offers already if I was ready to give up on the season. You, you, you have, if, and I don't, I don't know if you do this or not, but you have five guys on your team uh, that are one-year guys that you could easily trade to five different teams in the league that would, could, I don't know if it would, but it could potentially give you an upswing in them. And I, I mean, I can name the guys on your team. I can name the guy and, and the player or the, the I can say like, one example, right, you know, yeah, like whoever it may be. Just you so know. I have a good sense of like what you're talking about. Yeah, so I, this is not one of them, but you could do Paul DeYoung to Dom. Like Dom has, I've heard Paul DeYoung and Dom, uh, Dom has talked about Paul DeYoung. I'm like, okay, sweet. That's what I'm talking about. You have five guys sure. like that on your team. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I have a lot of the kind of $1 and $2 great guys for me, right? And and I'm hap- I'd be happy to trade them. But ultimately, you know, I think we're all going to find out whatever the season looks like a few weeks into the season, whether those any of those $1 guys are worth it. They're easy to dump. If any of them hit, then I'm actually probably going to be in the league and have a chance. And if, if a few of them hit, then I'm definitely in. If only like one hits, then I could probably trade that. But, you know, like I, I, it'll be interesting to see as we get a little bit closer, like what um, what the season's going to look like, right? If it's really super short, or it's back-to-back. I, I mean, a lot of that's really going to depend on like what is it, what's it going to look like when the season itself gets, or if there is a season. Um, I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I think a lot of that's going to depend on that. But, yeah, I'm with you. I could Look, I'd be happy to trade anybody. I would say, you know, I look back, and like, I was super amazed as well that I got uh, with Merrifield for $21, right? Speaking of that, um, what was your thinking when Max went 51 or whatever? And then, like, what were, like what was your ceiling, yeah, I guess? I, you know, obviously it wasn't 52. I, I, he was but... actually one of my uh, one of my targeted players. I wouldn't say that um, I was going to go like 40 for him or anything crazy, but I had him rated at uh, $27. And so when I got him for 21, I was like, this is great. This is great Um, because I I needed some speed. Um, Speed was expensive in this draft. Um, And for whatever reason, I I thought when he went to 51, I'm like, I I, I thought that was obviously a mistake, but I thought there's no way he's going to go down to 21. I thought now he's going to probably go to like 30. Um, and he's going to be out of my price range because I'm, I'm kind of cash strapped anyway. And uh, when he went for 21, I was like, okay, I was just going up a dollar at a time. I'll take it. So. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering about that. And then two other things, it's kind of like along the trading line was, what was your thinking about, uh, when you made your trade with Scott? And then the other one is what city, what kind of consider, uh, what you built your team on? Would you, I know typically you haven't been a triple A guy, but would this be a year where you, if you were out of it, you might go after a triple A guy if you trade one of your younger guys yeah, like that? I, so. I, a, a few things. Let me start with the Scott trade first. So the Scott trade was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Scott trade was because I had like six bucks. What, what was the tra- Scott? Tra- oh, the Scott trade, like the, the hour yeah, between the drafts, yeah. right? 
the so Nelson I, okay, Cruz and uh, yep. J.D. Yeah, Martinez. Martinez signed. Um, and I, I thought to myself, J.D. Martinez is, let's say, like a 10 out of 10, right? He's a, he's a solid guy, lots of power, lots of OBP, getting up those counting stats. He's just, I mean, he's a very, very good solid. You're not going to have, like, the stolen bases. And, like, what could I – I need to find a way to, like, to, like, get a, a player that's, like, maybe 80% or a player that's, like, similar but a higher risk. And then I'm going to try to get that person plus some cash because I needed cash, right? And so the ultimately I had to trade a bigger guy to get that enough cash to make moves. So it was either Altuve or it was J.D. Martinez, right? We're probably the two guys that I could trade and uh, and get like a good chunk. The problem is I tried with a few people to try or trade Altuve, but everybody wanted like, they're like, yeah, I'll give you $6 for it. Like it was just like, it was, I got a lot of garbage. It was a lot of noise. And so I said to Scott, well, you have Nelson Cruz, who you got on a, a steal for 15. I think everyone thought he was going to go for more than that. I'm sorry, not 15. Um, uh, what do you go for? 11, 10. 10. I think a lot of people thought he was going to go for 15 or 20. And when he went for 10, it was just one of those times in the draft where, like, everyone had already filled spots or they didn't have any money or they were waiting to see what the next guy was going to be. It was just one of those moments where he went a little bit cheaper. So Scott had this guy that I knew how Scott thinks, right? And he's like, okay, I've got this guy. I didn't expect to have. Now it's a cool thing. How? What am I going to do with him? Um, and I thought, well, why don't I just try to make an offer to him so that I can get a player that is, I think ultimately, like, Nelson Cruz could have the same year as J.D. Martinez. There's not, a, it's not probably going to happen, but it could happen. And he could definitely have, a, a, like, an 80 or 90% of, like, what J.D. Martinez gives you. He might also get hurt. A lot better chance of getting hurt than J.D. Martinez because he's older. Um and he could just fall off. Like, all those things are there. But it's not a tremendous amount of risk because I basically spent $25 and, uh, and I got Nelson Cruz plus 15 bucks, And that's a pretty good deal in my mind uh, because ultimately I didn't want to be like, um, like us where I'm running around three bucks or six bucks because anyone who knows how to play this, this league like, knows that that's, just, that's a strategy for, for you're going to lose. You're, you're, you don't have the flexibility to do what you need to do. Um, to survive. And so I thought I need to have about 15 or 20 total dollars to really have the flexibility to make enough moves. Now in a shortened season, it may, may be great that um, maybe you can get away with less or maybe you can get away with like five or 10. I don't know. Um, but I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to take that chance. And so it was ultimately like, it was good for Scott too. I mean, he got a significant upgrade. He had some extra cash. A guy like J.D. Martinez, like, would not have been available. And it basically only cost him a total of $25 in cash, right, over the draft and then the 15 after. So um, if, before you go on to the next one, though, uh, PJ, while doing that trade, before you did that trade, did you look at or consider your roster construction? Because I like the Jose Altuve, Tommy Edmond, Paul DeYoung on a – budget of what you had to fill out a complete roster. I think you did very well with those three spots. You already had the Altuve. I like admin a lot. I, you know, in the certain season, I don't know, Paul DeYoung, there's a handful of guys that are really, really high on them. One of them is uh, uh, Ariel Cohen, which uh, Max has a hard on for. Um, <laughs> he, 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 uh, he, 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 Cohen has uh, talked about DeYoung quite a bit and just how, you basically have a shortstop hitting um, hitting in the um, fourth hole. So uh, cleanup hitter, sorry, I couldn't think of that. Cleanup hitter for the, the Cardinals. It's great. I love it. And then 
you know, so for, for the most part, that's pretty set. You, you know, your third base, you could maybe you could do a little bit better on, but you, you got what you got. So you're going to use that. But now you basically have put a utility guy in Nelson Cruz, who I like in that spot. You can't move him out of there. You can have him there nine times out of 10, but you also have a, another shortstop in DD Gregorius, Kevin Newman, who's second base shortstop. You're really not going to, you know, move Altuve out of there or Paul DeYoung out of there, you know? So you got that, those two guys, you, you kind of like stronghold yourself, um, you know, kind of put I, I don't know again you know looking at roster construction looking at things like that you know that, that to me I look at that and it's kind of a you know you bust out the red pencil on that one you might give yourself a check mark on it's gonna be hard for you to move those players around yeah, I think look, during I, the season I think you're probably right I mean but you'll have to look at like where all those guys were filling on my roster right a big chunk of, or I mean where they were filling out during the draft right like a big chunk of my my stuff was set and I was looking for dollar guys I'm happy to get Paul DeYoung for a buck um kevin newman is again like uh, like for a dollar i'll take him you know this is just one of those things where yeah in roster construction it's not great but i do have a lot of guys that have dual eligibility or multi-eligibility right tommy Edmond can play outfield third second ian Happ can play second third outfield right like uh but you you only you only have two out third basemen and it's Happ and Edmond, and Happ is a guy that's probably not going to play every day maybe he maybe not and then Edmonds is the same thing he he's definitely a guy that's not gonna those two guys are not going to play every day and those are your yeah. only two third basemen I agree and you can't you you only have one utility spot now yeah. that, that's all I'm saying like did you consider roster construction when you did before you did the trade I, with Scott? Um, it wasn't before I did the trade I didn't consider roster construction but it's it's not like um yeah that that hurt in that spot but also it, it hurt me in outfield too right like I don't have a lot of outfielders um, yeah, it did. You know, I got no. You don't. Yeah, going to play in there for me. Um, it, it's a good chance that uh, I'm going to have to pick somebody up. I mean, maybe it's Ian Happ, uh, or it's Tommy Evan, whoever's not playing third. Adam Eaton actually. Adam Eaton will probably play there because he's a good um, runs and an OBP guy. But um, yeah, I mean, look, I I have to say my my batting is a little bit. Um, it's not great. I mean, I have a lot of high upside, cheaper guys. But I spent my money on two aces, right? And I could have gone one ace and spent a little bit more money on like a third baseman, a solid third baseman, or even like a solid first baseman. Luke Boyd's like serviceable, but he's not great. So, um, oh, Carlos, yeah, Santana, sorry. so like, yeah, even if I, I mean, yeah, that's I another mean, reason roster construction is a problem for me. I, I'll be the first to admit it. It's not great. Um, but I think I'm going to be dropping two or three of these guys after a few weeks anyway, um, more likely than not, because, you know, sure. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, like, like Kevin Newman is, is, is not a great guy. He could be terrible. If Ian Happ's not getting playing time, he's not sticking around. Didi Gregorius, like he might not even be the starting uh, shortstop. And if he's not there, he's gone. Like these are the guys that are going to, they're going to have to flip. I mean, Ryan Braun, um, you know, who knows if he's going to have a starting spot as well. I mean, there's a lot of guys there that, if those guys, get, if they end up like slotting into good spots or they get hot in a shortened season, they could be really, really valuable. Otherwise, they could be dropped in a week um, or two weeks. That's just the, the nature of $1 guys. So, sure. And then to, to skip to, to Dom's question about like AAA guys, like I'm all, I'm absolutely, uh, I, I think it's great. I'd be, I'd totally be worth it. Um, uh, 
again, I was trying to maximize as much money as I had at the draft to kind of give myself some flexibility at the draft. I'm not sure if right. AAA guys are going to be worth more or less or the same now that we've got like a second AAA spot, right? Um, I, w- I guess I wanted to wait one more season to see how that played out and see how trades went and see how value went. Because like, if it turns out that everybody else is like, it waters down everybody so that each time you have a AAA guy, they're like worth less because there's like 14 other guys that are highly tied to prospects and are also owned, then, you know, maybe that's something to think about. Um, you know, but also it could go the other way where they could be more valuable because the guy you want to pick up off the waiver wire and put in your AAA spot is like the, you know, the 22nd best guy instead of being like the 12th best guy. And that's a big difference too. So I just wanted to see how this season would play out. And I thought I could maximize some money early um, because again, I, I don't know whether they're going to be valuable or not. I think they are, but like, if you think about like um, the money I would have to spend on a AAA guy, plus the money I made from the AAA spot, like you add those two together, that's probably a good 10, 10 or $12 on each spot that I was able to kind of either like save myself from spending plus getting money in from selling the spot. That's an extra about 20 bucks or so total. Right. Um, that I was able to like use in the draft as opposed to, right. you know, using on uh, AAA guys. So yeah, that was just my thought process on this time. I don't mm-hmm. know. If, I mean, I may look back and be like, that was so stupid. This was a chance to reset. Um, you know, I may look back and think that's possible. Um, I just don't know. And I want to wait one more year. Right. If, so. uh, another question off of that question though, do you look at triple or I, I, I do look at triple A's guys and things like that, or if you do, and maybe it's not as much, will you be looking at it more? Cause that's a good question. Yeah. The Dom asked, you know, I, I kind of thinking about it myself, but I was like, you know, all right, that's, that's a good question. Like if, if this is a year that you, might you know look at it like i'm not gonna be in it i might not you know finish where you know i would like to finish so i might need to reset would, yeah. would you I'll put, I'll put my, um I'll, you look i'm gonna guess i'll put my time and do the homework i mean i haven't been the last few years because of all the reasons we talked about right like i just wasn't in a position to invest in triple a guys just given my roster construction and this year i knew that i was going to be selling them off and waiting one more year anyway and so by doing that, I like didn't spend any time this year looking at it, which is fine. Right. Um, the good news is, mm-hmm. yeah. the good news is no, like, that... listen, if I decide I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be out of it. I'm going to put my, <laughs> spend a few days before I announce that to the world and do my homework. Right. Um, and I'm not going to be yeah. like, I'm not going to, you'll have to go too deep during the year. If I'm just trading for a few prospects, I could be like, okay, what prospects look good. Um, and then for next year, I'll do my homework. Um, more likely than not, and I'll be up there with everyone else, you know, bidding on those like two, three, four, five dollar guys. Um, I'll probably be right there with you, um, or not, right? Depends on who's already signed. And look, we could turn out that, like, mm-hmm. because it's a shortened season, all the guys that are signed to AAA guys, like, don't move up, or you know, who knows what the heck can happen. Then, like, okay, we go another year, and there's no good guys available, or there's none of the top guys available. That's something to think about as well. So, it's a wild time. Well, how about this? A, a little. A little word of advice on it, and I, I, I know I've talked to Dom about this. Um, when you do look at the AAA guys, Scotty, for example, has five. Next year, he can only carry two over unless he buys a AAA spot. And, um, or, or if he puts a guy, one of these five, he would have to put three guys into uh, contracts. Otherwise, he's going to lose them. 
So you can basically strong arm a lot of these guys like Scott or Memo that have these AAA spots that they can't do anything with. Um, I, I don't see Andrew Vaughn being called up. I don't see uh, uh, Richmond being called up, and I don't see Kurloff being called up. So, you know, Forrest Whitley, there's a possibility. I would say maybe, you know, the season, it is what it is. You could get one of those guys from at a good price. And Scotty, for example, he's got five of the youngest guys excuse me, on this team that I say maybe Alex Baum is the only one that gets right. called up. So if you so ever, you know, my, you know, I my think. My question though with, uh, the, with Maddie and, and Dom, right? My question there is like, well then for, for a guy that could be called up for like two years at least, why is that guy, why yeah. is that guy like going for, like, why is that more valuable than like a Luis Severino who we know can be like a top pitcher? who's going to be back in in two years or like a Chris sale who is, you know, already like one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, who's going to be off for 16, 18 months. And he'll be back. Like why, why are those guys? So I'll, I'll jump on that. Okay. The, the, if you looked at it, or if you look at like the trades that happen with AAA guys, most of the guys that are not going to be up for like a year plus are not traded that regularly. And they're not traded for that much, but the guys that are closer to the, majors are traded more regularly and are traded for more money. Like Max has sat on Joe Adele for almost two years, I guess. And he's closer to the bigs. So that's why he was worth more. I, I that's, a, that's a lot I would say, I man. I traded for him. And then on the flip side, you know, there's guys that are out there and Scott has them, you know, he has five of very five very good prospects on his team. I, I honestly like them all. I mean, I, I honestly go down his list and there's not one guy sure. I don't like. Um, but they're all two years away um, for Dominguez, Witt, and Abrams are two years away. Um, Baum is closer and Franco, I don't know. Um, I would put Franco in the it's the, he he's in the Tampa Bay mix is in. I don't know what they're going to do with him because he's a Tampa Bay Ray and you know, they're, they're that just that organization. So I don't know what those guys are worth. Those guys are worth a dollar right now. Those guys are worth not much more than that. So those, your, your question would be uh, the best answer I could say is look at those guys, find out what he's value value, you know, what, what he thinks they're worth, I guess, if, if you can even find that out. Um, then that's it. Um, the ones that I would say are the closest to it are Gus's team. Uh, he has one in Royce Lewis. And then the other one is the memo. He has the other one in um, Alex Kirov, Kirilov, um, where they basically need an injury and then they're up. Um, or they need to be extremely, extremely hot. And someone in the team needs to be kind of on the other side. And then uh, Chris, I think, is kind of in the mix where he's got Carlson and uh, Pache. Uh, Pesce is probably not up this year. Carlson, if they want to do their due diligence and be a winning and contending team, then I would call Carlson up. So um, to answer that question, it's more as of uh, look and see, you know, Carlson's worth a lot yeah. uh, probably because I make him high. Um, but on the flip side, like someone like Dominguez from the, the, the Yankees, I don't think he's worth that. Yeah. Much, right? So well, it's certainly really what it is. It's something I'll look at if I'm not in it for sure. Uh, and I'll do my homework. Yeah, I think like thing like he said, it's some of those fringe guys that are either like in the past, like the full season, you knew we're gonna we're gonna come up, 
later in the season or they're going to be the following year or the ones that have been the big movers. Like some of the guys like Scott has now, or he's kind of hoping he gets in early on them and he has something for the future or trade or something like that as a piece of his foundation that he's taking a low risk on it. Like he's, he said it himself, if, if they're going to be more than a couple of years, he'll just cut it and he'll take the dollar loss. So, so I think that's where his kind of thinking is. And Maddie really covered it more than uh, better than I probably would have said it. But yeah, I think those are the reason why you see those AAA guys are just foundations for either good trades or building blocks for, uh, for your team to make it that little spark, like a big star free agent that you got in the draft or whatever. So, and also too, PJ, I mean, look at it this way. You know, if you, if you or, or Sean or anybody that doesn't have any triple A spots and you look at the other guys that have multiple triple A spots, even like myself, if we can't get a triple A spot next off season in the winter meetings, we have to drop one of those guys or we have to bring them up. I cannot carry four spots into the next season. So um, waiting a year, like you said, is kind of a smart idea or, um, you know, kind of a, a savvy idea, if you will. You know, you could you could honestly go to Scott and Scott could be like, hey, PJ, you don't got no spots. You know, you want a triple A spot. You can have two of these guys. But if you take Scott's, you trade him, whoever it is, you, you give him two guys or a guy, whatever it is, you yeah. give him something and – he gives you uh, a Bobby Witt and a Jason Dominguez. Well, those are your two guys next year. Those are your triple A guys next year and the year after that until they come up. And, you know, you could be like, well, great. I got two guys at a buck for triple A and I give them Carlos Santana and um, Justin Verlander. But, you know, what do I get? Now I'm going I'm to have to sit on these guys for a couple of years. Now you can flip them. You can do whatever you want. But next season, you know, 2021, you're not going to be able to draft any AAA guys because those are going to be your yeah, AAA guys. I mean, look at, or you could just wait till Scotty drops them because he can't do anything with them and or, pick them up <laughs> for the same amount of price. You just said that too, and you and Dom just said the same thing as well. It's like, well, then what if I decide I want to keep selling a AAA spot? It becomes significantly more valuable to guys holding five spots. Then, then that's like you. That's, so yeah. there's lots, mm-hmm. lots of options. And then Scotty's. Scotty's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great conversation. Good, uh, good question, Domino. Good, uh, oh, good talk. Thank you. you uh, all, all that was good. Yes. Speaking of, you kind of already kind of touched on it. What were your 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 good picks from the draft? Like your team, I know you already mentioned. And then, was there any other picks other people got? I know you mentioned obviously Sales, Strasburg, uh, Verlander. You were all very happy with. Who else was? you were you thought were your good picks yeah i mean I, for my team i, I was uh, i got a lot of my kind of one dollar guys i was super happy with i would say like carlos santana i was i was more than pleasantly surprised to get him at 12 um when he went there was really like no other first baseman of like real note um and i needed somebody uh badly because all i had was luke Voigt. and um I'm glad nobody went higher because I probably didn't have a choice but to keep going until I ran out of money. Um, that's how bad. The last one after him, sorry, after him, I just want to interject because he was the one we were fighting yeah. on him too. <laughs> I wanted him. And, uh, the one after him was Edwin and Carcion, and I stopped. I was actually going to go because I didn't have one, and 
12 was way past what I, I had him for eight. And um, I was willing to go more, but then I looked at him like, okay, Edwin and Costio, no one's like, I thought I can get it for like two, three bucks. And I was so wrong on that because Memo got him for five because he wants every first baseman from the White Sox. So um, looking back at that, I kind of wish I would have went more, but. Uh, there, was, there was a few yeah, guys out there all. like Edwin Carnacion, uh, ultimately Nelson Cruz, who I got uh, in the trade, but like guys like that that went for 10. I'm like, those are the, oh God, those are the boring old guys that I've been filling my team with forever. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, they are. And like, uh, yeah, they have. I, I know <laughs> Dave has been on you about that for for weeks now. That you know, same with football. PJ just gets these guys that none of us want. They aren't the flashy name, but are con- constantly, consistently producing. And this is why you've been in the situation you've been in the last couple of years because of guys like those guys. Well, that none of us want it. Well, then on the flip side, and hold on, I just want to interject on this, and this is kind of where I'm going to be a little bit of. Uh, of me on this, you got you spent eighteen dollars and eleven dollars on um, Lamet and or sorry, Freed and Lamet. So you spent a total of twenty nine dollars on two guys that I had for, I think a combined. Uh, I had Lamet for six. I think I had Freed for eight. So I'm huge. I, I love Freed. I, I'm going to say right now, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to give you what you want for him. I would yeah. love to trade him to you know get them for you but um why why did you go so high in those guys i mean because i think 18 is yeah. ridiculous for max freed and i think 11 is a little bit high in lament i mean i mean i'm telling you you spend at least 10 maybe 12 dollars more on max freed and lament so lament can come back from tj and freed being young and and on top of it you also got Edmonds nine you know i had him for three he's young and then on top of it you know then, then you have your dollar guys. I understand all that. There's a couple young guys, but those three young guys, you you spend a lot on. Uh, I completely agree. Um, I spent too much on Max Freed. Um, I, you know, the other one actually that tied me up was Kenta Maeda for 14. I don't think I, I he's fine, but he's, I, do, I uh, think I went too high. Um, and I, I like Lamette, right? So I think Nelson Lamette is one of those guys that's been all hype for a long time and just hasn't been able to put it together. He's basically like. He's James Paxton, right? And if one of those two guys hits, I'm in good shape. So I've got $21 tied up between James Paxton and uh, and Denelson Lamette. One of those two guys I think is going to hit and be a top 20 guy. And I'll be happy with, with for $21 getting a, a top 20 guy between the two of them, right? So that, that was kind of my thinking. Listen, I if I looked back, I wouldn't have gone nearly as high on Max Reed. Max Reed for sure. But again, I got caught up in the bidding war with you, and then I, I also I was absolutely unhappy with the folks that were available after him. Um, and look, there's a reason why, even though he's super young, he's on a one-year contract. He's for 18 bucks. I wish I would have got him for 12, but I just did not get him for 12. And so I like him. I hope he produces. And again, I think if he has a great season, he could be worth 30, 35 bucks. Um, but if he doesn't, he's going to be much lower. And I don't think there's a whole lot in between. So I'm just uh, I'm banking and hoping and taking a like, like this goes back to all this goes back to the whole draft strategy in the first place, right? I've got a ton of guys that are all high upside, high risk guys. Um, I wish I could have got, like afforded to get safer, boring guys, right? I wish I could have got Patrick Corbin, who is like a super solid player and 
doesn't have a huge name, but he's going to go for like 45 bucks. And I, you know, I don't have 45 bucks to spend. So I got to, I got to spend a little bit more on the high upside guys and hopefully a few of them hit. Like I said, think about between James Paxton and Denelson Lamette and Max Freed. If I get any of those three guys to hit, to go with Strasburg and Verlander, I've got three aces then. And that, I'll tell you, right, that's going to put me in the mix in any week, any time. Um, you know, I don't have to win that many of the, uh, of the hitting categories to stay relevant with those three guys. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Was there any other picks that other people had that you liked or? And um, I was kind of on the spot. No, no, no. Give me one second. I mean, look, I, I, I thought that. Uh... I got go one ahead. from. I, I so I'm going to go off it again, and I think you know Paul DeYoung for a buck. I I honestly love that from more of the perspective of the uh, money you had to spend and the um, amount of players that you had. Um, if I was your team, I, that's the, the, the exact shortstop I would have picked for your team. And then the Trey Mancini as a first base outfield, I would have uh, easily gone with him as my first baseman just because, you know, everything else. So, you know, if, if you would have went him, Trey Mancini as your first baseman, Paul DeLoney as your shortstop, you get him for both a buck, right? You give yourself the $12 back for Carlos Santana, you give yourself the $1 back for Newman. You give yourself the $1 back for DD. That's, you know, what you're looking at, 12 13 $14, right? That's $14 that you could have spent on another pitcher or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, all I'm saying is that I, I don't think you needed to spend any more money to get another positional player in those two categories because I think you, you did quite well yeah, with those two, the two guys. I had already bought Carlos Santana. And you did. You, yeah. you, those the guys yeah, I mentioned were was, after that, all the. It was kind of like I'm like yeah. okay, I've, I've got one. I basically can go one and two dollar guys the rest of the way. Like if I really like somebody, I can go two bucks on them. Um, and when I nominated Trey Mancini for a buck, and it like nobody did anything, I'm like okay, that's awesome. Like all right, uh, when Paul when Paul Giong got got nominated for a buck, I'm like I know somebody is going to. I like was on the fence about doing it for two dollars and being like well maybe nobody will bid me up if i do two dollars instead of one dollar and uh i think by that time in the draft like most people had full rosters and uh he was just one of those guys that slipped through the cracks which was great for me i need power right like i don't have a full outfield of big powerful guys um you know i've got adam eaton is not a big power guy um uh, Mitt Wert, uh, uh, Whit Merrifield is not going to be a big power guy. So I'm like, I'm playing catch up for power in the outfield. And a guy like Trey Mancini who can play first base or outfield gives me flexibility. Um, Ian Happ was the same way. Like, I, I guess that I look at these guys and I say, if, if three of four of these guys hit, I am like right in there. If two of them hit, I need to make a few moves and I can actually still have a chance to make the playoffs. And if like only one of them hits or none of them hit, then you know what? It's time to, to flip some of my other guys, and, and I'll be in good shape to do that. Nice. You know, though, like, yeah, and, and I, I what you said is 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 right, I guess. You know, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong, but 
and I think like we, we've heard this a couple other times. I'm not gonna pick apart Go your team it. and not picking apart anybody else's team, but I well no no I'm all I'm saying is is that you you had already picked a shortstop in DD because of whatever reason you liked them, and that's fine, that's great. But then you saw someone like Paul DeYoung who you kind of liked, you're like, then you even said I'm happy to give him for a buck. In no one's I don't know. I guess maybe I don't know how to exactly say this is that why don't you just go for the Paul the young at the buck knowing you can get someone like well, him for a buck. At least well, I, no, I'm pretty I, sure I you could sure have. I'd get him for a buck. And then, or, or, or just go with the, just go with the DD for $2. Here's your shortstop. Don't worry about getting another shortstop and don't look at it as like, I need to have a couple of these guys to back me up and I'm good because in essence, what you could have done is, you could have went and got another third baseman that you kind of liked, throw that third baseman into your third base spot, and now you got a Tommy Edmonds as your utility. You saved $3. You could have just got some random pitcher for 3 bucks. because basically what you've said is you're going to well, drop three guys to well, us, to so, me and Don. So who are the – so well, I just want to be clear, like the third baseman that were left around that time in the draft, let me go through them so you can get a sense of who – but they're just as good as a DD Gregory. I, 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 I went to. So the third baseman you so could have got. So, Why? Well, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with, it. I'm with it. But like the third baseman that were like on the board are like Starling Castro, were uh, Nunez, were Howie Kendrick, were Tommy Listella. Like you can look on the look right now on the players that are still available. I'll tell you right now, I would have a Tommy Listella who's going to bat lead off more times than not and have a Paul DeYoung at a dollar and not so spend the $2 on I, DD. Like I, I put two, $2 on DD because I thought somebody was going to three. Right. And so I got him and I'm like, okay, he's fine. And then we heard, we, we heard the same thing with Niz. We were the same thing with uh, Gus, I think. And I, um, and, and so be it. I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's part of the draft and things like that. I just, for it's because time is still is on there. I'm with you. I, you're right. You're absolutely right. I will just say that if, if the picking apart that you need to do on my team is with the one and $2 guys I've picked up as my 20th and 21st player on my team, I'm absolutely fine with my team. Then. And I agree. And that's right. why I wasn't like exactly picking apart your team. And what I was saying was that three other people did the exact same thing that you did which is more just more insightful really so than all, anything else. Given all that, if you had to re-rank the team, if you had to think about it, like I know my team's not great, but the fact that it's last in everybody's like, it makes me giggle a little bit. And it makes me think about how I think either people are really off with the way that they're ranking stuff or they just, um, or maybe I'm way off too, but like, I, I don't hate my team. I think it's fine. I think it's significantly high risk for sure. But I don't think that like, you think it's so bad that I, I mean, I, I have two aces and I've got some, a, a few big talented players. My pitching staff solid. I don't know. Yeah, you're definitely, your pitching is definitely your uh, strong, your starting pitching for sure is your strong point for sure. So, and then after that trade you made with Scotty to get that money, uh, that definitely made what you did at the draft fixable for sure. And like you said, if they hit, you know, two of them hit, then you only read, you can get a couple more guys 
fix those offensive needs that you need. And there's so you definitely are in potential uh, to be in the in the run. And that was one of the Scotty's things. You know, when we drafted was he wasn't high on your team, but he knows your track record and what you're capable of doing. So I think that was one of his reasons why he, when we were drafting for the leagues, for the divisions, you were drafted where you were. And, uh, and I know you already talked, talked about your, uh, your bad picks in that. And then we've just been kind of talking about rankings. Would you like to share your rankings by chance or? Yeah, sure. It's Dom's team is number one and everybody else's. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Thank you. That's my ranking. That's my ranking. Oh. There, there was one other part of my – Well, talking about your team, though, PJ, I mean, and, and, you know, not to back up what Scotty was saying, but, you know, we, we've been – you know, we've talked – I've texted you a little bit, and you, you've, you've talked a little bit about it, but, you know, you did sign Luke Voigt, who's a 20 – what eight year old guy who's never really proven himself for two years. So you do like him something yeah. you, you like him somewhat. And you talked about, you know, Whit Merrifield, who's $21, who is up there in age as well. He's 29. You know, I mean, he's not definitely not in his primes. Chris sales, is an older guy who's got tons of injuries, tons of injury. Luis Luis Reno just got off a of TJ. You're not going to have him for two, maybe three years even though he's a dollar and James Paxson, you know, hindsight's 2020, I guess is, as I can say that. And everything you said up until this point has been a very um, thought out process, but at the end of the day, you're going to not, I'm sorry, not, not, let me say this again. At the end of the day, there is a possibility that you can't trade any of these guys because one, they're, um, they're just not going to be back anytime soon Two, you're going to trade them and you're not going to get back what you want for them. And you're just going to be trading them to get them off your team or three is you're just not going to trade them. And cause, cause you want too much for them because again, you know, you know, I'm sorry, the years past, we've talked about this before in the trading and you don't typically go hand in hand as you bending or flexing on, on certain things. Um, mainly because like what you said, you, your team's pretty structured for winning, you know, or getting into the playoffs. Um, but just looking at your team right now and the way it's constructed, like the, the Luke Voigt. And again, you can say you lost a buck, but you know, I, I'm one of the guys that first admit that I've made many to hundreds of bad mistakes and lost money every, every time. And I'm more and more I'm looking at it like I think every dollar that we lose in this league it, it, per team is more than just a dollar. It's oh, yeah. it's no, no, it makes it's I don't it's, know how to this. It, it's lose a dollar and you're looking at that for two or three years out before you make that money up again. And I don't know. I just see I just see you trading. I mean, losing. You know, a, a lot of the, your dollar players that you picked up for one year just to trade one, you would have to like, if you lost three guys, which you said, you'd have to trade someone like a Carlos Santana to recoup yeah. that like two times over almost. You, you would need to get to like $24 plus to recoup what you would lose in the dollar guys yeah, you would no, be dropping versus also getting something yeah, back from Carlos Santana. A lot, for sure. You're, you're not kidding. Um, 
But listen, I, I, I these are one dollar guys are are dark lord throws, right? And so um, you, you're. Well, well, hold on. Wait. And, and, and you and Scotty have the exact same view on that. And I don't think they're well, dark, dark board throws. I think they should be calculated. So there, risk there are, there are calculated versus the right. So like the, the Paul DeYoung is a, is a, is a calculated risk because he's a power guy. Right. But like, like there are going to be other risks I'm going to be able to take as well. So we talk about like Severino and sale and how like, Oh my God, they're on my team, but they're going to be in my IL spots. Right. And so ultimately I'm going to pick up two more guys off the waiver wire. I may not pick them up right away. I may pick them up right away. I don't know. Um, it'll depend on how the season goes, but like a time will still is there and someone else is there. And that's where I can take a little bit of strategic risk as well during the season to see like, what do I need? Do I need more power? Do I need more speed? Do I, am I just like, I have enough runs, but I don't have RBIs. Like, do I need to just find someone who's batting in the five or six hole to get RBIs or do I need to get like a, uh, a guy in the one or two hole, just even if he's not on a good team, like a, a Kevin Newman to get some steals and some runs. Um, you know, like who are the types of players I need to do? Sure, but but, but now you're talking about, you're put now you're talking about putting two guys in your IL spot. We only get three, and what if you get two guys that are hurt? Let's say you get a Verlander, he goes back in the IL, and Strasburg, who are both very possibly to get injured or Paxton. So, you know, what if Paxton comes out and he's not, let's say he's just not healthy enough. You have three guys on your IL to start the season. And then two weeks later, you have to buy a IL spot to put Strasburg on because you have him two years, right? So you're not going to drop him. So now you have dollars and then you just dropped three guys. You just dropped a two year D a $2 DD. You dropped a $1 Ian half and you dropped a guys, right? Like if this is a shortened season, I'm going to wait a few weeks to find out if they're good or not. And if I'm getting a bunch of injured guys, I'm not going to be, I don't need to drop um, like a DD Gregorius because uh, maybe I didn't pick up anybody to fill the, the Chris sale on the Severino spots. Right. So like, I've got lots of flexibility. And I think the other part to think about is like, listen, um, you know, if, if Strasburg and Verlander and Paxton go down, then like I'm selling off anyway. Right. Like those, those are, you know, between the two that are between the three guys, it's like $80 of my roster. If, if $80 of my roster goes down, congratulations, guys. I'm probably not going to compete because I'm already behind the eight ball again with teams like Dom and, and, and Scotty's and a, and a few others. Right. Like, and so, yeah, if, if, if those guys go down, like the least of my problems is if I have to buy an L, IL spot, the bigger my question will be like, who do I need to trade all my, my valuable players to? Because I'm not going to be in this year. And, and and that's spoken like someone who had his <laughs> draft strategy. I'm telling you that right yes. now. Well said. Nice, nice job. I'm not, I'm nice job. We always give each other shit and, and like, you know, we all have our blind spots. And, you know, I, I know I have, I've been painted as a guy who won't trade because I've had like teams that were built not for trading, but for like getting into the playoffs. But like every year is a different year. I don't have the same, I don't have the same, core as I had before I'm rebuilding a little bit on the fly and I'm doing it with injured players and, and instead of like triple a players because I don't know what triple a players are worth yet and look I, I might be open for business guys like hit me up and see what we're at we can at least have a conversation I'm not um I'm not opposed I've got a different roster now that I've had in the past so I might be someone who is is worth having that conversation with when you want to see if you want to flip a player or you want to you know try out one of these like you know one or two dollar guys you think might get hot or might not 
like a Paul DeYoung, a piece up up your alley, like tell me what he's worth to you. You know, he's worth a lot to me because I don't have a lot of power, but maybe Dean Corey's he can have for a buck or two. Like, let's talk about it. So I'm open. I'm open for business. Um, but I'm not gonna I guess I'm not gonna lose a trade for the sake of there's no way like, you're drafting DDD. I'm telling you, drop it. You're, sorry, this is just me being sure. Maddie and the ass. Holy is. Well, you're dropping. <laughs> no one wants a two. I said, no one wants a shortstop well, right I, now. Sean, Sean's, <laughs> Sean's already got a bunch. He's, he's not buying it. I'm using it as an example. Right? But like a lot of people like short Kevin stuff. Newman, like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But like, I'm using those as examples. But like, listen, all those guys are available. Um, and and I'm, I'm willing to make a trade. But, but, here, here I, I'm just going to do this. I'm not going to tell you the, the teams, but I'm telling you right now. Here, here's your guys that you can sell. Jose Altuve, uh-huh. uh, Tanaka, uh, Garvey, Garver. Wait, I you had him in two did. years, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, you have Garver for two. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. This is wrong. Cut. Paste. Never mind. You, well, you can still sell them. I'm not going to lie. We all know who, who wants yeah. them. His name. His name starts with G and ends with U.S. I listen to the pod. Uh, <laughs> I, I almost made. I almost made. Uh, anyway, uh, anyway, here we go. Jose Tanaka, uh, Max Free, but it would be me, and it's gonna we'd be talking for six years. Edmund, uh, you can trade that to Niz. Kente Maeda, I'm not gonna tell you who. Carlos Santana, I'm not gonna trade to tell you who. Uh, and Paul Newman. And I'm not going to yeah. tell you. Those are the guys. So I know, you, man. Some trade bait, buddy. If I have to sell off, I'll be in a good position to set myself up um, for a few years. Um, if I if I have to. I could certainly – if I, I I haven't punted a season ever. And I'm, I'm kind of like – it's kind of an exciting prospect to think to do. Um, and, again, if I'm out of it, like, I will be the first to be like, guys, I'm out. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Hold on. It's not – No. You're I'm not punting. If, 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 I, you're, if I lose. You're doing what And what – Max is done. You're right. You're rebuilding. If if that is no, what know, you're doing, I mean, you're not like, I'm re- I've never rebuilt, right? Like, and that's kind of a weird feeling. I know it sounds silly because some teams feels like they're rebuilding every year, Melo. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but like, I'm just kidding, Melo. Um, but like, you know, it, it's if, if I'm losing. Yeah, Niz is punting. He is punting. But like, Niz if, is if I'm losing. Um, if I'm losing in the, in the middle of the year, uh, I'll be the first person to sell off in the year. I'll be like, guys, I'm out. Start making, you know, let's do it now while everybody's still got assets to trade. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to be out. But, like, again, a lot of the stuff is – I hate to say it and hate to be, like, Mr., you know, like, pain in the butt guy, but, like, and to bring us back to the real world for a second. But who knows what the heck's going to happen? And if they're playing baseball, that's great. But, like, if it's no a really knows. super shortened season – Honestly, it's anybody's game. Like in a super shortened season, the variance is significant. And even though Dom's got the best team, two of his guys that are really good could be cold, and three of my guys that are really kind of mediocre could have, could get hot. And like that's a whole season in a shortened season. Um, and then uh, listen, if they if they do that, then then anything's possible. Um, and if like if they make it a longer season or they find a way to like extend it so it's like normal size, then like. I got to give myself a month and we'll see where I'm at. Um, and it comes down to what players can play and not. And I got it. If my guys hit, like I'm, I'm a top four team. If, if like four or five of my guys hit, I don't think they're going to happen. The percentage of that happening is like 2%. 
But if they hit, I've got a pathway to be a player. And I've got enough flexibility in my roster to make the trades to, to make a run. But if I'm not, then I can rebuild. I, I've never had a roster that's been this flexible in like the last five years. So um, it's kind of very fun. nice. Very nice. Well, I uh, appreciate you coming on last minute, PJ, and sharing all your thoughts and your explanations. You know, it's been really fun discussing them. And I'm not just saying that, especially after the last couple of weeks. But, uh, I appreciate that again. And is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up? Yeah, just one more thing. I, I miss all you guys, man. I really do. And I, I was really sad that I couldn't come back to Chicago for uh, for the draft because I've been looking forward to it for so long. And it just means it's going to be so many, so much longer until I can come back and see everybody. And um, when this is all over, I just, I, one of my first, you know, Carrie and I were talking about it, where our first trip's going to be. And one of my first trips is going to be back to see everybody. So, um, Colorado? Yeah, where the hell we're going to go. I don't care. I'm in. Dude, I'm I was just so kidding. Excited. I just, you know, I missed you guys a lot. And so, um, <laughs> being able to listen to this thing every week or every few days is, oh, it's been great, man. It's been a great escape. And, and thanks for doing it. I appreciate it. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, it's, I think we're all looking for some kind of escape for sure. And I know most, most of the podcasts now are, they're struggling for content to discuss. You know, they're kind of reviewing going over some ranking changes and a lot of them been doing you know, all time lists and game shows and talk shows and movies and just try anything they could do to fill time. So uh, for, you know, I'm glad Maddie's been keeping me on the, on this and it's been a welcome distraction for sure. And I hope everyone else has been enjoying them as much as we have. So thanks again. Maddie, awesome, guys. any last All thoughts? Right. Yeah, I got one. And sorry, PJ, I know you want to get off and it's really late for you. But I, And this is nothing we could talk about. It's just that I, I heard about something. I heard something the other day on a podcast and I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, you, everyone says that. And then I heard something else about it and I heard it three times. And, you know, usually – um, you hear something once, it's whatever. You hear something the second time, the third time. They were talking about simulations the other day, and I guess how the uh, the Kansas City Royals um, have been doing really well in sim games. <laughs> uh, that means you know really nothing, I guess, to me. But I'm like, I guess the Kansas City Royals in sim games, I guess they could have a good season this year. Who knows? But I did hear something like was it earlier last week about value, and it was. DVR, Derek Van Riper was saying this. And, uh, you know, one guy that I listened to a little bit more so than most people. And he said value changes, right? And I hate that word because I don't think that people use that word to describe what they're doing to actually get that quote-unquote value. But, all right, I'm going to say that I'm wrong. On so everyone's everything. I'm going to say I'm wrong on everything, and I need to do a better job of just understanding what where people are coming from on things, and and say, listen, all right, this is where you're coming from on it. I'll listen to it. I'll do a better job of trying to understand where you're coming from, and I might agree with you, but I I, mean, I might understand you, but I'm not going to agree with you, I guess. So that's not really being wrong. That's just just okay. That's that's what it is. But at the same point in time, what he was saying was there's going to be value in a draft. 
there's going to be value in a waiver wire pickup. There's going to be value in a trade. There's going to be value in a end season move. And then there's going to be value, you know, in the off season. And the value you get in a trade is not the same value you're going to get in the draft and vice versa. The value you get in the off season move is not going to be the same value you get in a waiver wire pickup. And so I'm going to do a better job of just understanding when you guys say value, what that means to you in that particular isolated moment. Um, but at the same point in time is uh, I, I want to kind of just throw this out there is that value the is, <laughs> I get, you want to get something for you. Want, what what yeah. you say? Like beauty, <laughs> right? it, it is. It, it really is. It's like, and that's the, the that's the last one I was gonna say is that it is it's a, that's a good way of putting it, PJ. It's like your value means that you you like that guy more than someone else does, and I think that that's really what it is when it comes down to it. So you know, keep using the word. I'm sorry that I uh, I, I hate that word, but you know, I, I, it's just it's, it's it doesn't it doesn't describe something to me. But it, like you said, PJ, it's the eye beholder, and value changes so much throughout the season, you know, it's just, I, I, I just never understood it, I guess, you know, Oh, I got value at this guy, the draft. No, you didn't. You thought he was worth 13. Right. You got him for, you know, eight great. You got him for less than what it was. It's not like you took that value and you, you spent four more dollars on another player or maybe you did. I don't know. But um, so I don't know. It was an enlightening experience for me when I was driving yeah. home the other day. And after I heard it like five times, I was like, Can man, maybe – Can I ask one more question, you guys? Do we, you got yeah. time for one more? Yeah. yeah. So um, – yeah, Yes, yes. That's a question for both of you guys. So when do you think a dollar – when do you think a dollar is worth the most? Do you think a dollar is worth the most at the draft? Is it during the year? Is it at right at the trade deadline when people are like don't have very much money? Is it in the off season? When is a dollar – worth the most in terms of the cash itself i'll tell you right now a dollar at the end of the draft for last season all right is would have been worth a hundred dollars to me easily in the draft this year if if you would have told me if you would have said this let's i'll tell you i'll, I'll say this i'll answer in this way at the end of the season you would have told me Matt, I will give you a dollar, one dollar. But in next season, you got to give me a hundred dollars. I would have thought about that really, really hard. And I probably not would have done it because it was a hundred dollars, but I might have given you 25 or 50 dollars for it. (laughs) Yeah, I would have given you Vlad. Um, I would give you um, the most, it's the most before the draft. It's it's worth a dollar worth the most at the end of the at the end of the season. Yeah. Every everything is yeah. worth the most. Yeah, yeah. I think either at the end of the season or if you're Gus before he made the trade, then a dollar is worth the world the whole season. But I really think like at the end of the season, it's probably the worst. It's probably worth the most than like if in the middle of the season, unless you're like you were in a situation like Matt. It's really. It it's nothing. So I wonder if like it makes sense to try as like the Goonie like the Goonie said the Goonie said this is our time <laughs> our time down here, right? Every, 
every penny and every quarter that was down there that was a wish, it made it, it it didn't matter to anybody that was down there at that time, right? They're like, screw these pennies and nickels and dimes. These wishes meant nothing because they were already down there. They were they're living in the moment. So I think the dollar really is is worth the most when you're in the moment when when you're 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 going for whatever yeah. it is you're going yeah. for. Yeah, that in the draft, I guess. That in that in the draft, I, just, I, I said the dollars were out worth. there. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm just curious. I, uh, I, I probably agree with you guys, but I, I just, I think about like when in the year could you collect dollars from people when they're not worth very much and then just get rid of them when they're worth the most. Right. So like, Oh, in the off season, people are usually pretty willing to like trade $5 here, $6 here. It's not that big a deal. But then like at the end of the season, if, if you had like $12, you could get like an ACE for like, 15, 12, 15 bucks. So I'll say this, and uh, I don't like saying this because this makes me seem like a a horrible person. I don't know. Anyways, is that Niz and Sean both were out of it at particular times in the past years and had made trades that I didn't agree with. And I think they got less superior players that I was willing to give but they made the trade, you know, to players that they liked for. And then they basically had their scraps left over. And I looked at it as like, I still want the scraps because I didn't get to get the players that I wanted and I'll give you what I have. And I gave them players that I had left over and they gave me their scraps. And at the end of the day, I wasn't happy with that at all. And it didn't do anything for me, but they got, they they uh they got you know they bonus from it, so um, I think that might be the the climax of what a dollar's worth is when you can get someone who's you know doesn't agree with what another person thinks but is willing to give you at least yeah. something. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, that's all I had. Maddie. Anything else? All right. Well, well, that's it. Yes. Well, thanks again. Nope. Well, thanks again, PJ. Uh, appreciate yeah, it was you coming good on. It was fun. The time just flew by. Um, Memo, hopefully, will be on sometime this week. Uh, there was some stuff just going on that didn't work out for all three of us, so we had to postpone it. So hopefully he'll be on this week. And then uh, until then, uh, Maddie, happy early birthday, and we'll see the rest of you guys in the 80s. Uh, for our draft this weekend. And till then, everyone stay safe and stay classy, Chicago baseball. <laughs>